Welcome back as we continue our episode with Elnor Lada. We are currently experiencing many themes like the intersectionality of systems, especially those that are no longer working during this current pandemic as more and more people are discontent with business as usual. We pick up our conversation with Elnor as he speaks on the correlation of this pandemic to our broken connection to nature. So, you know, as we say, this is the oxygen in which we breathe. It, it makes us understand that we have to rethink about how we breathe and what we are breathing and the manner by which we are breathing. And there's no coincidence that COVID is also making us rethink the manner by which we are breathing. And that, that is really the sort of pretext and the context for what is happening in the Amazon right now. And so you have Bolsonaro, who's of uh, you know, European descent, uh, as most of the, the light-skinned people in Latin America who are also disproportionately the ruling class are. And there's been you know, 500 plus years of historic and current systemic racism and violence against indigenous people. And now that's being manifested in, you know, this, this man who's, it's not even just one person, of course, it's a system, it's a structure, but Bolsonaro, you know, some people call the tropical Trump is, <laughs> is the, the kind of ultimate embodiment of the psychosis of European culture that is out of place in the Latin American context is out of place in the Amazon. And Bolsonaro sees the Amazon as a resource to be raised and sold for short-term economic growth. And he has said so multiple times. And when, when you allow sort of mining and agribusiness and uh, deforestation to happen at such rapid rates, you know, they're giving out contracts to major companies who are, uh, you know, concomitantly, you know, infecting uh, indigenous peoples, uncontacted uh, First Nations, etc., and and spreading the disease. And this is not a side effect of what they're doing. There's a, a blatant agenda for genocide that is rooted in what all genocide is always rooted in, which is fear of the other, hate for yourself, a disconnection from the natural world and natural cycles, and uh, in some ways, it is a sort of kamikaze suicide impulse because when climate change comes for us, and it is coming, you know, we're in it already, yes. but, but I'm talking ecological destruction on a massive level uh, as a result of human-related activity. And, you know, there's 40-plus feedback loops in the last IPCC report, the last International Panel on Climate Change report, you know, just one of which is the Siberian ice sheet, which will release, you know, 12 times the carbon that we've already released uh, since the, the beginning of the Industrial Revolution, uh, uh, Revolution in the form of methane, which is stronger, faster, etc. And so, you know, we're talking 40% biodiversity loss on the planet by 2050, 10 to 20 meter sea level rise. Like COVID is nothing, you know, COVID is a blip in, in, in what's coming. And really the, the only... Uh, sort of lifeline humanity has to a potential future is our connection to the past. And indigenous peoples represent that direct line to our hunter-gatherer ancestors, to the Paleolithic, to 
that wise, intelligent part of human beings that remember what it is to be in symbiosis with the natural world. And so our only chance of surviving as a species is really in the protection and preservation and leadership of indigenous peoples around the world and those who are uh, self-sufficient and food sovereign uh, and those communities. And that's who we have to learn from right now. But but the suicide impulse of growth at all costs, capitalism, the, the death cult of modernity is to destroy these cultures at all costs and um, and make a profit in, in, in the process. And, and that's the agenda of Bolsonaro and Trump and Netanyahu in Israel and Putin in Russia and Modi in India and all the growth-based models around the world, which is the majority, you know, it's probably the only political party. You know, Martin Kirk, who uh, was the co-founder of the Rules, uh, often says there's only one political party on the planet, the OPP, <laughs> One political party, and that's the neoliberal party. That's the, the growth at all costs party. And anyone who uh, tries to resist that model will either be assassinated, thrown out of power, decide, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, ridiculed. And so that, that's that's the milieu, that's the culture in which we're embedded. Yes. Um, and and, that, and so to answer the question, the Amazon, that's what's happening in the Amazon, yes, you know, Yes, Altosa Sultani, the uh, founder of Amazon Watch, has said, um, our choice is clear. We must change the way we live and relate to our living planet. Otherwise, the future of our species is not guaranteed. How can we help the Amazon right now? Well, the, uh, scientists are now telling us that the Amazon is fast approaching its, its tipping point. Uh, and it might be five to 10 years away. And what that means is um, if you desertify uh, a huge part or a significant part of the Amazon, uh, that it reaches a tipping point where it can't regenerate faster than the destruction that's happening. And that will mean a sort of runaway effects that uh, huge swaths of the Amazon will become savanna-like, uh, arid, uh, desert-like, dry, etc. And uh, that would be catastrophic for the planet. That would be, you know, one of these feedback loops that in and of itself could wipe out human beings and, uh, you know, quote-unquote civilization um, as, as we know it. And, uh, you know, for example, the, the Amazon is not just the lungs of, of the earth in terms of uh, airflow and carbon sequestration, etc. It also serves as a hydrological pump. It's the biotic pump of the earth, uh, generating and circulating 20 plus percent um, of, 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 of fresh water on the planet through, through rain cycles and hydrological cycles. And so no Amazon, no planet. You know, that it's, you, you can't remove, it's like removing... The, the, the most critical vital organs in your body and thinking you can be the same. And so what, what can we do? I, I think there, it's at multiple levels, right? There, like, I, I come from uh, uh, some more anarchist political philosophy and a mystical spiritual tradition in, in Sufism. So I'm not a big believer in telling people what they should do. Um, but I, I do believe that part of our task right now uh, as, as humans incarnate, you know, on Gaia in 2020 
is, first of all, to be aware of the consequences of our actions at an individual level. And people will say that doesn't matter, but it does matter to, to, to know the consequences of your action, like how much food and energy and resources it takes to prop up one Western life is astronomical. It's yeah. outrageous. You know, it's <clears throat> fundamentally unfair <clears throat> to the rest of life on this planet. So, you know, I would say that's the first thing. The second thing I would say is to be good students of our culture, to really understand the oxygen by which we breathe, to take the time to contemplate how capitalism works, what its effects are, what it's doing to you. And then the third I'd say is to deprogram yourself actively from the from modernity, from the dominant Western capitalist industrial extractive culture. And, and that deprogramming, you know, and you mentioned psychedelics before, that's one part of it. And a deep spiritual practice is another part of it. And there may be yoga and meditation and uh, becoming a vegan. And, you know, there's so many aspects of that deprogramming. But, you know, what at the root of it is to really address the hungry ghost that lives within all of us, that, that takes more than it needs. And to really reactivate those parts are still of the paleolithic that understand what it is to live uh, with village mindedness in in generosity in altruism in cooperation in interdependence and to really nurture and cultivate those aspects of ourselves and then the fourth i would say is to uh, organize at a community level to not just be sort of uh, passively uh against something, you know, and, and this is similar to the debate on, on, on uh, racial justice right now. You know, um, Angela Davis always, uh, always says it's, it's not enough to be uh, uh, not a racist. You have to actively be anti-racist. So it's yeah. not enough just to be uh, against or not just enough to just be like, I, I emotionally and spiritually and intellectually am, am against the destruction of the Amazon. You have to be, you know, in some ways our, our, our choice is growth or life. We can continue to grow the global economy the way we are and think we can just continue going on and going to university to get these shitty jobs, to work as, you know, spokes in a hub of uh, an infinite growth-based project, uh, or we can choose life, which will require that we are conscientious objectors to the capitalist system, that we are actively in resistance and organizing against the system that is destroying all life. No. And then maybe uh, the fifth and last thing to say is not at a community level, but to do this at a structural level, to do this at a global level, to withdraw power from nation states, from uh, parastatal organizations uh, and, and international institutions like the UN, the World Bank, the IMF, and all the other bankrupt organs of neoliberal destruction. That, that is our reality. No, you're correct. Uh, that is our reality. And uh, we, this system has been in place um, for hundreds of years, and it's no longer working um, for the majority of humanity, not even for our own survival, because everyone... Um, every human life is treated like it's expendable. So um, 
And that's actually, we're going to come full circle around and talk about um, human actions, right? You recently collaborated on a documentary called Action in the Anthropocene, um, speaking to the current reality of humanity's survival and the inequalities that have long existed and now being prominently on the front lines. Can you share your experience in making the film? And what are your next projects? Mm -hmm. Yeah, thank you for asking. Uh, Yeah, so that documentary was part of the closing of the rules. So we had this sort of eight-year experiment in creating an activist collective and a think tank for economic and political alternatives um, that also worked directly with social movements around the world. Uh, largely in the global south, but peasant movements, farmer movements, indigenous movements, uh, anti-capitalist movements, post-capitalist movements. And we were asked after uh, eight years of this work to do a documentary about the organization, about the Rules Collective, and we all just felt uncomfortable doing that because the, the, the point of doing this work is not attribution it's not branding uh it's it's not uh, to live in perpetuity which is why we from its inception decided we'd only live for a time-bound period but it's to be in service to the 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 evolution of gaia as it's unfolding right now which is also our evolution right consciousness consciousness and evolution are not happening outside of us they're happening through us and, and with us and so we, we decided to interview some of them. The, uh, yeah, I, I don't want to say, you know, leading minds because it's this strange hierarchical uh, sort of idea, but just people who have been doing the work that we admire, both politically and spiritually. And so um, it's a series of interviews with people like Feroz Manji, uh, an amazing Pan-Africanist, uh, Kumi Naidu, who is the, the global executive director of Greenpeace, and Amnesty International, um, Atosa Sultani, who you mentioned from Amazon Watch, uh, Bayo Komalafe, um, and, and many others, uh, LaDonna Brave Bull Allard from, from Standing Rock, Tio Kassen Ghost Horse, uh, Lakota Elder. So just a mix of people, and it's short. It's a 17-minute documentary. Uh, it's available on the rules.org uh, on the homepage. You can click on it and... Um, yeah, it's really just a sort of a beginning of a dialogue, really, um, around the evolution of activism and, uh, and, and post-activism and sacred activism and how we are moving from the idea of resistance to resistance and renewal uh, to both you know, remove the, the noose of capitalism from the neck of 99% of humanity and all of life uh, to simultaneously also building the living alternatives for what the post-capitalist world or post-capitalist worlds in plural uh, could be and will be. And directed um, and, and put together and edited by uh, Federico Cruz, uh, who's a brilliant uh, cultural activist and uh, thinker and writer and, and maker uh, based out of uh, Mexico, based out of Oaxaca, and who's part of the Rules Collective. So I really give credit to him. Amazing. And what are you going to do next? I'm taking a, a sabbatical year, you know, after eight years of intensity with, with the rules and in the middle of that, trying to start an alternative community. And uh, yeah, all, I guess all the entanglements that, that come with, with projects like that is to just go into the not knowing and, 
yeah, to do a year with, with no income, living in the gift with no savings, just trusting the universe and, and really um, refining and honing and nourishing the ability to be in dialogue with, with the living planet, with the animate universe. And um, really just going to my altar and asking every day how I'd be in service to the mother and her unfolding. And um, yeah, seeing what, what omens present themselves really. Oh, I can really appreciate that. Um, that. I think that's another reason why I kind of feel like there's this paradigm shift that's happening right now. And when we talk about mycelial and understanding that it's been here for billions of years, that it helped even create, you know, what we know as Earth, right? At a, um, a what do you call it, a molecular level. And it's just such a stark reminder when um, I uh, saw some of the uh, programs when they talk about how uh, the uh, Homo sapien species evolved from taking mushrooms because it expanded the mind, it makes me or it makes me think that this is what's happening now. That all of these things that are we're connecting us back to the land, back to the planet these movements that is calling for us to, you know, stop, think, feel the planet and know where you come from. I feel like that, that is what's really happening is that this human inherent um, yearning to go back home. And in fact, I'm going to share a little story. <laughs> I kind of feel a little bit embarrassed, but um, I watched this series called Primal Survivor. And the host is um, Hazen Adell. He is part Native American. And he goes and travels to all these indigenous tribes that live around the world. And let me tell you, the, it, is, it is a test of the human spirit. Because when you think about the indigenous, they live day to day and they depend on their environment to sustain them daily. So when you live a hunter-gatherer lifestyle, which is what we originally were, you know, you live day to day, you are always present because you never know what is going to sneak up on you in the wild. We worry about car accidents and being murdered. And when you're an indigenous, you live in nature, you're worried about getting bit by a, a pit viper or being eaten by a crocodile, or being stampeded by elephants, or eaten by a hippo. You know, uh, those things are un unreal for me. And I, I, and I think that this is like another lesson that I feel like we need to be um, in nature so that we are constantly present and understand how precious it is just being a human being existing together with this planet. So I really appreciate you being here today. Um, Thank you for expanding our minds and sharing your spirit with us today. Um, please check out the links in today's podcast for Elnor's film, Action in the Anthropocene, and how you can support organizations like Amazon Watch and the Amazon Emergency Fund, Tierra Valente. And um, thank you so much for being here today, Elnor, and sharing your work in changing the world. In the words of the great Mahatma Gandhi, <laughs> be the change you want to see in the world. Let's start today.
Thank you, Benny. Lots of love. We'll talk soon. As we close out, let's indulge in some contemplative prose and visit the poetry corner for some deep thought, inspiration, or just feels. Today's poem is brought to you by Benu Amun-Ra called Land Ho. Land Ho, a poem by Benu Amun-Ra. Land Ho, oh that familiar cry from a seafarer perched way up on high. You can't deny the excited proclamation bound for salvation from months at sea, traveling the oceans towards destiny, full of precious cargo, ancestors sold into slavery, taken from our own precious motherland, uprooted and harvested like any other plant, blown like dust in the wind, like diatoms to the sea, from the coast of Africa to distant shores of the North and South Americas. No more connected like before, beaten down to our core, losing hope in this slave trade to rob our souls for the sound of chains. Forty acres of pain, four hundred years of gain, building a country that was not ours, on stolen land from the indigenous, torn from our mother, torn apart as brother fought brother, persecuted like no other, stronger, bigger, faster, for the benefit of the slave master. The pain, the trauma, the loss, the crack of the whip from the overseer boss, all for the obsession of owning land, the possession of another man's property. Land ho, I say, land ho. Thank you again for spending time with me on The Green Path. I am grateful for your open heart and open mind to take the time to listen to my voice and those of others. I look forward to being your host again on another episode of the Green Path Podcast. Be kind to yourself, stay safe and healthy, and may you be happy and live with ease in all the days ahead.